Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here. We're talking about Fund a Life, the Suburban Collection Showplace presents a third annual Drive to Survive, aiding Michigan residents facing life-altering circumstances, including catastrophic illnesses. This nonprofit, Fund a Life with Suburban Collection, hosted the third annual Drive to Survive event. And joining us to talk about that is the founder of Fund a Life, Mark Howell. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great, Vanessa. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. So tell us, give us a background. I mean, I read your story, but I want you to share it with our listeners here and it's your community, how this came to be. Tell us about your story and what led to Fund a Life. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you mentioned, Fund a Life is a nonprofit that helps people facing major life-altering circumstances of all kinds. Uh, I started it out of my own journey which in uh, which began in 2012, my son was born in October, and two weeks later, uh, out of nowhere, we were hit with the news that I had stage four cancer, and the doctors gave me about six weeks to live. They found an 18-pound tumor, like a football-sized mass, in my abdomen, and it was, uh, by all accounts, they thought inoperable. Um, it was too far gone, basically, for my body to sustain really anything. And I was able to find a, a surgical oncologist that wanted to take it on. Being a 30-year-old male, he was like, hey, you're, you're too young. You're too young of a dad to just kind of sew you up and, and, and let you live out your, your final weeks here. So let's, let's try a Hail Mary and see what we can do. So uh, through the grace of God, I was able to make it through a couple of Hail, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of Hail Mary surgeries and just to be delivered with the news that my insurance was not going to cover more exploratory surgeries and treatment options what have you. And uh, it was very evident through the surgical process that uh, this was a very aggressive cancer. It was something that was going to continue spreading and growing rapidly in my body. So it was it was not just going to be a one and done you know, surgery, even though they got it all that first wave, it was going to be years worth of, of battling. And so yeah. to then just be delivered that news that insurance wasn't going to cover things uh, outside of my little regional hospital that frankly just didn't have the resources to handle my case, uh, that was quite the blow. And so um, we live in a very generous community here, here in Livingston County. And uh, a couple of key people got wind of that story and started a fundraising effort over the next 18 months to raise $200,000 uh, for my family and I. And it, it quite literally funded my life. It, it, it afforded me the ability to seek out any options nationwide. Uh, if, if you name the cancer clinic, I've been there, uh, either <laughs> unfortunately or fortunately. Yeah. Um, wow. And, and we were just, I mean, we were constantly just chasing the next bleeding edge you know, option for, for what my body was dealing with. And so, uh, over the next three and a half years, we basically just drew out of that account, out of my cancer account, it was literally called Mark's cancer account. And we, we were on planes nonstop, uh, you know, the highs and lows of trying to find treatments that would work options that would work. And eventually it landed us at, um, at a clinic in Jacksonville that I was able to travel to every three weeks, uh, there and back, uh, for about 18 months. And again, I was, so I was on flights, staying in hotels, 
Um, you know, and, and, we, and we did all the right things too. We, we downsized our house. We sold away as much as we could. Um, you know, so we were, we were trying to be as responsible as possible on top of, uh, dealing with everything we, we were faced with. And so, uh, you know, through that whole process, we learned a lot. We saw a lot of people not have the same capabilities and same resources that we were afforded simply because of maybe where they lived or who was in their network or who they knew. And we just felt very, very fortunate to be blessed with so much support from our community. And um, so, you know, somewhere down the line, about three or four years into the journey, it really hit me that, hey, maybe we have a unique position in life and maybe we have an opportunity here to do the same thing that the community did for us for other people. And so I kind of started formulating the idea of putting together a nonprofit that was not just, uh, didn't just have the ability to help people facing cancer, but there really wasn't a catch all, you know, when life hits you when you're down, robs you of your hope, there wasn't really one organization that somebody could go through and could apply for financial help to just help them get through that. I mean, there were other, there were so many other things that we were awarded during my cancer journey, not just financially, but uh, people gave us trips. They gave us uh, vacations to Hawaii. They gave us so many things that my life was so blessed through that journey that we would have never otherwise experienced. And I'm a firm believer that all of those things contributed to uh, you know, to me making it through everything we made it through. And, um, and so we wanted to be, I want, I really wanted to have an organization that it didn't have a lot of red tape. You didn't have to submit, uh, you know, a ton, we, we just kind of would vet things on the front end, make sure that it was a worthy cause, make sure it was, it was somebody who was in need. And then at the end of the day, you know, if the need is there and they are taking our grant and they're using it to heal in whatever manner, they deem most appropriate who are we as an organization to judge if that really was the most responsible way or not for them to use it and i I think that everyone heals differently everyone deals with their own stress differently and i think that that's really come to light you know in 2021 um yeah that's true (laughs) you know so as an organization we want we want to be somebody who we see a need we vet the need the need is real it's there uh, maybe they are dealing with a health diagnosis. Maybe they're dealing with a death in the family. Maybe they're maybe their house burned down. They lost all their belongings. Uh, maybe they need a handicap accessible vehicle. Maybe they need renovations to their home for the safety and well being for their family. There's so many different things that we have seen applications for. And so if if we vet the need out and we deem it appropriate, we we want to award them a grant and we don't ask for proof on the back end. Why, why add more stress to the family that's already dealing with so much? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so many people too, they deal with the pride factor of, you know, they don't want to ask for help because there's sure. always people get caught up in the, well, there's other people that are worse off than me, you know? And, and although I appreciate that human element, um, you can't, so many times you can't help others or be your best self if you're not taken care of first. And, mm-hmm. you know, and again, I think that's another thing that's really come to light in 2021 is self-care is so important. And if you need to address your home life and everything going on in your life first, so that you can be the best version of yourself outwardly. So, I mean, 
through that whole journey, uh, you know, that was really kind of what the goal was in starting Fundalife, what, what is today Fundalife. And we now fundraise year round. Uh, we're always seeking more grant applicants that are facing, you know, any kind of crisis moment that robs them of hope. And kind of our little tagline is shining light in the darkest of moments. And that's really what we yearn to do. That's that's what we mm-hmm. raise money and we award grants for is we wanna shine light in people's darkest moments, give them hope in otherwise hope, hopeless situations and help lift them through it. And whatever we can do to do, to, to do more of that in their life and lessen the burden is, is really our goal. And uh, you know, the community, uh, kind of taking the, the story full circle, the, the community really rallied behind my cause, uh, my family's cause. They helped lift us up in so many different ways. And because of them and because of their generosity and support and their love that they poured into just our, our little family, uh, in January, I celebrated five years cancer-free. Oh, amen to that. Congratulations. Yeah, thank amen. you. You know what I love about this too, Mark? It really ties into its community. I'm glad John brought this to my attention because we're all about connecting, collaborating, and communicating with the community for the greater good. You know, how do we work together for the greater good? And you've done such a great job and really honing in on, you made it such a good point that not everybody knows who this person is or connected to that person or connected to that hospital or has an in here. And you're kind of being that advocate for them and that connector. You know, let, let's connect people with each other. Let's help people find who they need to know. And, and that's all, often a struggle for a lot of people, especially when they're at their darkest moments. Absolutely. And I think it's, especially in today's world, that there are so many people and we've seen that you know, I think the last 18 months has really shown that in a lot of different ways that there are so many people that are not just willing, but able to help in some major significant ways. You know, they're able to, you know, let, let's be, let's be blunt. They're able to write that big check. They're able yeah, to make yeah. a huge financial difference in someone or some group's life. Yeah. And if we can be an organization that can connect with some of those people, so many people, they don't know they have the ability to help, but they don't know how to help or they don't know where to help. And so if you can help give them, you know, give them that funnel of, Hey, you know, we're an organization who is focusing on just finding people that are robbed of hope and they're desperately seeking it. Uh, You can help support our organization. We'll do the vetting and we will be seeking out those people who really need that help. And, uh, and, and we'll then award them grants accordingly. And, and that's been a lot of our supporters have been people like that. that are like, Hey, I don't either have the time or resources to find those people myself, but if I align with the right organization that can, then I know that my support is going, uh, is going in the right, right direction in the right places. And, uh, that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do. And it's, yeah. You know, because it's it's a scary world, and some people unfortunately do take advantage of things that are either on like a GoFundMe or or what you know, just different needs. And and everyone is generous. I I I believe firmly that people are inherently good, and and we want to help support one another, and we just don't always know how to best do that. And yeah. so, if Fund yeah. of Life can be that channel for people, then great. Yeah. And and there's always stories to tell, like you told your story, which led to fund a life. And I'm sure many of the people that you're helping have their own stories to tell that I'm sure you share along the way. And I might ask you about one or two, but first I want to ask about this third annual drive to survive event that happened uh, recently. So tell us how this came about. What exactly does this entail the drive to survive? 
Yeah. So the, the heart of the, of the event itself is, it's just a really, Vanessa, it's a super cool event. I mean, I, I'm not a, <laughs> and I'm not like a big car enthusiast, but yeah. it's just, it's one of those like, yeah, events, you know, like this is cool. And, uh, you know, we so need we start that in life, off, right? We need that in life. We need those we, cool. Yeah. Events. Yeah. I we agree really with you. do, you know, yeah. just, just something cool that you want to be a part of. And yeah. when you know that it goes to a cause and a good one, it's like sure. even, even better, you know, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So the event, uh, it's really turned into like a car rally that goes from, uh, we collect at Brighton high school. We drive to the M one concourse, which is a private, you know, racetrack in Pontiac. Sure. Mm-hmm. And if you've never been to M one, which so many people have not, first off, you need to find an opportunity to go. And it's just, it's just super cool. There's basically the whole track is lined with, well, I'm going to call them garages, but they're not garages. They're basically like glorified condos that you can drive into and they're they're basically like big entertainment rooms for people that have a lot more money than I do. And that's basically <laughs> that's basically what it is. And you know, it's kind of like the who's who across the state of Michigan has a garage or a condo at the yeah. Amino Concourse. And so once you get there, uh, you know, we have a big catered event. It's, it's, uh, a lot of food and drink and entertainment and it's a lot of fun. And we hang out at the suburban garage. They donate, uh, they have two, uh, garages adjacent to each other and they donate both of them to us for the event. They partner in this event in a huge way, which is super cool. And we, we otherwise just wouldn't be able to afford to do it. I mean, there's just no way we could. So, yeah. so they donate that and we hang out there and, some of the people every year, uh, we basically have an upgraded option where they can uh, they can plan to upgrade and race their car around the track. And so it's like, what other cool place can you, if you have a sweet car and there's a cool, you know, mile and a quarter track or so, it's like, what an awesome venue to do that. And so like five cars at a time, race around the track. We eat food because I don't have one of those cars. So I, I hang out and just watch everyone have a good time. And it's a, it's just a super, super cool event. It's just, you see cars, you see classic cars, muscle cars, super cars. You know, if you're a Lamborghini guy, there we have Lamborghinis out there. If you're a Ferrari guy, there's Ferraris out there. You know, there's, there's every kind of car imaginable. And uh, it's just a super fun just kind of a just just kind of a sweet event. It really is. Just a, the energy of the event is off the charts. So how do how did people participate? They just buy tickets to it, or how does that work? Yeah, we we so we cap it uh, at a hundred cars. Okay. And so I mean, every year we have you know maybe like an 80-20 rule. Like eighty percent of the cars are you know some of your exotic, really cool cars, and we get like twenty percent of the cars that people just have your. I don't want to see your average, you know, everyday car, but kind of, you know, they might have a little bit nicer vehicle and they just want to be a part of the event. And yeah. so they register and pay as well. And they, they hop in the rally and then they go hang out at the, at the garages. And that's super cool. So we, um, it, you basically, you register for the event through fundalife.org. Uh, you know, every year we have it around the September, kind of in the fall time frame, September, October, mm-hmm. this, you know, this event was our third annual version of the event. It, it kind of tweaks and changes every, every year, a little sure. bit, um, suburban, you know, really, really they're our partnering, you know, sponsor of this event yeah. and they help put on everything and all the logistics of it. 
And it's just, uh, you, know, you basically have two different registration types. You have the, the, the car rally portion, which gets you into the rally. And then you're able to hang out at suburban, uh, as everyone else races, the track races around the track. And then you have the upgraded version, which you can participate in the rally. And then you can also race your car on the track. And then new this year, which was really cool, was we were able to acquire uh, 20 um, professional driver, uh, you know, car uh, tickets, if you will, registrations. Yeah. So 20 different individuals got to race around as a passenger, which to me is terrifying. I, I'm more of like a, I want to drive as a passenger. It's always more terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> So a passenger with a professional driver. Exactly. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I don't know if I could have done that, but that is cool for some people. Some people would have loved that. Exactly. Yeah. Some yeah, people yeah. Who don't either have the car. Or some people yeah. don't want to drive, you know, yeah, like my yeah. wife is one of those. She's like, uh, she's always like on a jet ski. So it's like, Oh, will you drive the jet ski? Like I want to ride. And I'm like, no, I, I just want to drive the jet ski by myself. Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. would you want to ride on a jet ski? It's terrible. <laughs> We're talking with Mark Howell here and it's your community. He's the founder of fund a life. They just had the third annual drive to survive. Mark, whose brainchild was drive to survive. What a cool idea for a fundraiser. It was an awesome idea. So the, the whole event was really uh, envisioned and came to life by a 19 year old young man by the name of Adrian Kazakov. I met Adrian three years ago at a big fundraiser event that our local uh, Brighton high school put on. And he just called me out of the blue a couple months later after the whole event, he was like, Hey, I, I want to put on a fundraiser for fun to life. And, you know, admittedly, as somebody who's done this now for a few years, when somebody typically says that you're kind of like, okay, cool. You know, like, that sounds good. You know, like, you know, what kind of an event are you thinking about? Maybe they'll raise a couple hundred dollars and I, I appreciate the effort and everything's great, but it's typically not anything very grandiose. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Adrian was very, very different. He's like, <laughs> I love cars. And I'm like, okay, cool. I, I don't, I mean, cars uh -huh. are cool, but I can't uh -huh. afford nice ones. So I, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. And he was like, you know, I, I, I'm envisioning this uh, car rally. I didn't even know what a car rally was. I was like, I, you're talking a whole different language, buddy. Yeah. I'm not even sure what you're talking about. Uh -huh. And he's like, I want to do this car rally and we'll start at Brighton. We'll end here and we'll do all these different things. I'm like, all right, cool. And from that idea, you know, we now just wrapped up our, our third version of that event. And Adrian really spearheads the whole thing. He took it from, you know, a very... Uh, small, we had about 35 cars that first year, which was great. We raised just under $10,000, which was amazing. And Suburban was actually the only dealership who returned his phone call that first year. And, uh, you know, with, uh, with a lot of the dealer, there's dealerships obviously everywhere. And I think that part of it was not a lot of people really took him seriously as yeah. at the time, a 16, 17 year old kid. Sure. And he was just, he was very driven to make this, uh, you know, uh, fund to life's largest fundraiser. He wants to turn this into a million dollar event. He wants to write giant checks to fund to life. That's just his personal goal. He loves giving back. He loves being a part of things. And he's not only parlayed that first year event into what will be, uh, what was a hundred car event this year, raising probably, you know, once we get in all the final numbers, it'll probably be more like a $50,000 event. And he not only parlayed that, but now he's, he's worked in way, his way into a, uh, a sales position at Suburban. He was leaving Brighton High School at his, at his last hour, and then he would drive to Farmington every day to work and sell cars. 
he's just a very driven individual. Wow, that's impressive. It's it's just yeah. super, super cool. And so he, you know, he took that that small version of year one and he's turned it into now it's a it's a partnership with Suburban, you know, from them being the the first and only dealership to call us back and enter a couple cars into the rally to now them being our presenting sponsor just yeah. three years in is so incredible. And and I'm I've been around and made enough asks to realize that <laughs> getting in the door with the right people is not easy. No. And yeah. I think that uh, he's just somebody who I've sat in meetings with him and there are things that he will say or ask for with such determination and confidence that I even cringe at like, Oh, there's no way that they'll give you that Adrian. Like, that's just, that's not even reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> He just has a certain way about him that they end up being like, well, you know what? Let's see what we can do. And I sit yeah. there just in awe. Like, are you yeah. serious? Like, come on. If I, I think ask we're gonna... that, you just laugh at me. Yeah. Uh, so it's, probably, uh, I think we're going to hear about that kid's name for years to come. That's, that's pretty impressive. That really absolutely. is for a young guy and uh, good for him. Um, Mark, what other stories? I mean, you had a pretty profound story that really led to the creation of Fund of Life, but I'm sure in the time you've been um, uh, in operation, you've helped other people. Do you have other stories? I mean, Adrian's story in itself is a wonderful story, but other stories of people that you've helped along the way? There are so many stories, uh, so many. I have two that right away pop into my head, and they're very different stories. Um, but I think just because of the magnitude of them, you know, they speak volumes for the impact that people can make when they support fund of life. And one was it, our biggest grant to date. Uh, we helped a young man from Pinckney, Michigan, acquire a, basically a handicap accessible van uh, mm -hmm. for more, for, you know, better or worse. Mm -hmm. He is, uh, his name is Larry. He has had over 110 surgeries in his young life. He's, I believe he's now 17 or 18 years old. He was born with a spina bifida. He was born with um, his stomach and all the major organs outside of his body. He has overcome more in his young life than most of us combined. And he is such an inspiration. Wow. Every time you see him, he has a smile on his face. He is in and out of the hospital, and I'm not exaggerating, every single week of his life with some kind of major thing going on. And yet, through all of that, you can find him at every fundraising event, donating money out of his own pocket. You can find him asking to help and volunteer, and he's just got this killer smile and just this way about him that's just awesome. And so uh -huh. we received an application to help this young man um, from, you know, from another local community member. And he was in need of, uh, a, a van large enough to where he could, he has a lot of different equipment, medical devices that he carries everywhere he goes. He tries to go to, he was trying to go to school at the time at high school. He's has since graduated. Um, and so he had uh, different, you know, chairs, different, uh, kind of strollers, different devices that had to accompany him everywhere he'd go. And he really liked going to the movies. He was never able to do anything during the school year because what they would do is they would leave his medical equipment at school and then they would leave another set at home. As you can imagine, everything is extremely expensive. Yeah. The family, the family yeah. is, uh, they're, they're just the best people ever. They just have the best hearts. Um, unfortunately, his father is battling a lot of health issues as well. So the family is just riddled with a lot of stress all the yeah. time. And financially, you know, the mom 
uh, Kathy, she's a full-time caregiver for both her husband and her youngest son. And all the other children are grown and gone and, and they're around and they support, but it's, it's basically left on Kathy's shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so the community, you know, knows about Larry's story because he is a very prominent figure in our community. And when we heard that he was in need of a van, it wasn't even a question of how much or what it was just like, how soon can we acquire this? I mean, yeah. how quickly can we do this? And so when we worked out all the financials, we basically just told Kathy, okay, like we want to help you just go pick out your van, go pick out your van, whatever it is, it is. And mm-hmm. we, we partnered up with um, our largest supporter, uh, the Ted and Jane von Voigtlander foundation to make sure that we would be able to deliver the van uh, no matter the costs, no matter the size. And we were able to end up writing that check to Brighton Ford to make sure that they, that they were delivered the van. Um you know, of their choice. And huh. since then, Larry's independence has gone up through the roof. You see him cruising around. We put some decals on there for him. <laughs> and uh, it's just a, awesome. to give him a little bit of that, that teenage independence was sure. just priceless, just priceless. Sure. And that, and that kind of goes back to speak to a little bit about what we mentioned earlier in the conversation about uh, it's, it's not always a check. It's not always a, maybe a treatment. Sometimes it's just a, it's something that's needed, but it lifts your spirits up so much yeah. that it's immeasurable. And that, yeah. that's kind of what the van represented to Larry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the connection with other people, the putting people together. Yeah. That's awesome. Mark. Well, we we're kind of running out of time here on Nature sure. community. We're talking with Mark Howell, founder of fund to life. How can people reach you support your cause maybe participate in another fundraiser, you know, people listening may have ideas or ways to help you. What can they do? Absolutely. They can, they can find us uh, through our website, uh, fundalife.org. We have a Facebook page, we have social media, all that stuff. Uh, They can also email me directly uh, at uh, my name is Mark Howell. It's first initial last name at fundalife.org. So M Howell at fundalife.org. They can reach out at any time. Uh, like most small organizations, it's, you know, we have a board of directors and then it's just me. I'm the only employee. I'm the one just kind of trying to rock it out on a daily basis. We have a lot of great volunteers, but we need more help. There's, as you can imagine, there are countless other people who for every one story we tell, that's a, that's a grant recipient of a, of a life changed. There are five others that we, that we hope to be able to raise enough money to help as well. And, you know, I don't think we'll ever be caught up, so to speak. But we hope to be able to help more and more people each and every year. And, um, you know, we just need more people's support to do that. Great. Mark, thank you so much for coming on Nature Community and sharing your story with us. Thank you, Vanessa. Yeah. Fun to life, Mark Howell. You can, it's easily found because I Googled it and I got it right away. So go out and check out his website and email him if you want to find out more and how you could connect with him. And as always, remind our listeners to connect, collaborate, and to communicate with your community. And if you want to do that with me, you can go to all my social media platforms, uh, Epiphany Communications and Coaching, Vanessa Denhagarmo. Or you can go to my website, Epiphany Communications and Coaching, and email me there if you have a story idea that you want to share with us. And as always, we thank you for listening. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.